Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. Producer Amber here again for the second episode in a row, but this time it is for our annual Realtor Storytime episode. In case you're a new listener, I'll explain. (laughs) We have dozens of guests on the show every year, and of those guests, many of them are Realtors themselves. So, Every time we have a Realtor on the show, we ask them to share their craziest, wildest, most memorable story from their time in real estate, and then we save all those answers for a compilation episode at the end of every year. This is that episode. (laughs) This is actually our third Realtor Storytime episode, and if I'm remembering correctly, the first one was just Bobby and Alex's stories. But if you haven't listened to those, I highly recommend you go back and listen. They're some of my favorite episodes because they're always just fun to listen to. They never really feel out of date or anything. But before we jump in, I do want to say that you don't have to be a guest on the show to be featured on our Storytime episodes. If you have a crazy story that you think our listeners would like to hear, you can email it to realtalk at kcrar.com. And then we can read on the mic for our next Realtor Storytime episode. So please feel free to share. We would love to hear. I want to start off with a personal favorite of mine. This one had me rolling. When we were recording in the studio pre-pandemic, I had to be very quiet during all of the recordings because we don't have like glass or anything in our studio that would separate me from Bobby and Alex and where the mics are. But now that we've been recording on Zoom, I'm just on mute. So I get to laugh as hard as I want. And I got to say, I think I was actually crying from this story. I was laughing so hard. So this is Dante Littlejohn sharing his experience that was terrifying for him at the time, but he now looks back on and laughs. So my craziest one it was it was i got a lot of them because i I worked in reo so i got a lot of stories but i was showing my client a warehouse on truman road and there was a garage next door and there was this huge dog and we're walking from the street to the building which the building kind of set back and the dog came through the fence there was a hole and the dog came through the fence and I pushed my client towards the dog. <laughs> and I took off running down Truman Road, dress slacks, dress shoes, the whole nine. There's a squad car, KCP squad car coming up, up the street as I'm running in the middle of the street, thinking the dog is still behind me. Cop swings, hits a U-turn, and there's a flatbed tow truck. And I just hurtled, smoothed up to the tow truck. And the cop pulled him. He's like, what are you running from? I was like, there was a dog. I think he might have my client. <laughs> Dante, threw your, your, dog, your, your client to the dogs. <laughs> I threw my client to the dog and I took off running. I think that was probably, that. that's the funniest one. Yeah, did they I, remain I your off. clients? They did. Okay. They did. Okay. They did. did you have a signed agreement before? I, before. Before. Okay. <laughs> we were great. <laughs> So I think that was probably my <laughs> that was probably my funniest one. I was like, dog, sip arm, run. Um, so yeah. 
Amber's dead. Amber is like, she is, she is a coffin emoji over there. You, you like pushed your client. The client was probably, the dog probably came up to the client. The client like pets the dog and you're like running. So you're, you're, so I, we get back. So I hop in the squad car with the cop. He's like, I'll just drive you back down. I get down there. My client's sitting there on, in his car and he's just crying and laughing at me. The dog never actually made it through the fence. <laughs> He had a, he still had a, a chain on him, so he couldn't go anywhere. But he came enough through the fence that when I saw him, I was like, "Nope, gotta go!" And threw the client <laughs> towards the dog. <laughs> yeah, so you became the KCOJ. <laughs> Picturing Dante just shoving his client toward that dog and then taking off running was just too hilarious. And coincidentally enough, we have a somewhat similar story from Leslie Brady, where she threw her client to a wild animal as well, but not exactly in the same way. I was showing a house to a homeowner and I was going ahead of them and turning on lights. I walk into one room, turn on a light, and there is this giant bear rug, like real bear skin rug on the bed. So I went like jumped back and I thought I cannot warn my buyer about this. You know, I have to get their reaction too. So I don't feel like an idiot. So I let them come around the corner and they freaked out. Um, and then I, I saw in somebody else posted on Facebook and our KW marketplace about that bear rug. So it wasn't just me. Lots of agents were getting taken by that bear. That's some of my favorite things is when we show houses and we just have the spook moment of like, and you just see like, it takes a while to calm you back down. But I love that you've tricked your people. Like you didn't warn them. You're like, I'm, if I reacted, come check out this room guys. It's great. This next one I have for you is a little bit different because it's not a realtor story. This one came from Mark Mashker, who is an appraiser. And we found out that appraisers definitely have their fair share of crazy or even scary stories. We would like to know what is the craziest thing that you have ever experienced as an appraiser or ever seen in a house as an appraiser? Well, I have seen a lot. Um, so I haven't been thinking about that lately, but I was telling the story to one of my uh, trainees the other day of the basement that I couldn't access. Uh, and I should say the second half of the basement. So um, it was a house in the heart of town and, and it was a situation where everything was going well until I got to the basement. And I noticed that this man that I was, uh, whose house I was in was following me very closely, kind of unusually closely. and. Um, Ultimately, it's the only time that I've called the police um, when I've been inside of a house and uh, because there was a, a soundproofed um, partition in the basement that had multiple locks on a door and I was just afraid that something might not be uh, good about what's happening on the other side there. Well, as it turns out, since I've ended this so poorly with such a terrible example, um, it, it, it was a growing uh, environment. Uh, it wasn't, in fact, some sort of chamber. So <clears throat> anyway, we're seeing growing environments now. It's pretty typical, but uh, uh, that was probably the strangest situation I've ever been in. Kind of one of those situations where you wonder if you're going to get out of the basement. So that, you won't ask an appraiser like that question situation. again, will you, Alex? 
but we all have had moments where we didn't know if we were going to make it out of the basement alive or out of the house oh. alive. So that's, that yeah. is 100% experience we've all had. So, well, I'm glad I'm not alone. No. I'm still in therapy. Yeah. It will be for some time. I still have very clear memories of a couple houses. I was like, this isn't going to happen. This is not going to end well, but it did. So thank God. Bobby says in that one that realtors have all had those moments where they didn't know if they were going to make it out alive, which is why we make safety such a priority at KCRIR. But unfortunately, agents can still have those close calls. And that's exactly how I would describe this next story from Hank Voigt a close call. Here it is. All right. So um, I was fairly new in the business. So I'm going to say it was 15 years ago. I got a call or a walk into the office and wanted to go show a house. You know, and I was new in the business, thought, oh my gosh, this was at the time a $300,000 listing, which was like a million dollars now. Right. And um, so I was very excited. And it was an older guy. I mean, it, I was older to me at the time. Now I'm probably his age. But, um, anyway, it was he and his wife and his son and uh, showed him several houses in, in Jefferson City and all the nicest ones, you know, all the nicest listings. And, and we got along great, but there was just some things that like looking back, you know, hindsight's always 2020. It was just a little odd. Anyway, long story short, showed him lots of houses. When it came time to write the contract and get the earnest money, we were meeting at the office on a Saturday morning. I mean, this tells you how long ago it was. He had a beeper and a home phone <laughs> and, I, and a cell phone. So I tried all three, didn't get a response, stayed at the office, you know, I, I, I was gonna get the sale. He never responded. So Monday morning I called our AE, Donna, and I said, look, I just want you to know, I've shown the nicest homes to this guy, I have no idea what he's got up his sleeve, but um, you know, it's just weird, he has not responded. Mm -hmm. So she said, well, it sounds funny. Um, I think someone else on our board had a similar story. So she talked anyway, Come to find out, this guy was wanted in Washington State for a murder of a realtor. Wanted for questioning, I should say. And that makes you feel a little funny looking back because he wanted to look at houses during the day and the evening because he wanted to see the lighting and, he, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was a husband and a wife. And then a few months later, they were also arrested for um, um, collecting money on behalf of Lincoln University here in Jefferson City. Uh, for like the alumni association i mean we're talking tens of thousands of dollars from you know local companies they collected saying that they were collecting it for the lincoln alumni which they 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 were lincoln students he was retired military had a big long story came from kansas dealt with antique cars and street rods and all this kind of stuff i mean i, I mean i learned a lot about him i I took it all in, thought it was the gospel, and I don't think any of it was the truth. And he was wanted in connection. And the police department came and I asked me to identify a watch and a ring that was stolen from a house. He was evidently being shown a house in Washington, knocked the realtor on the head or something, and stole stuff out of the house. And it was a very expensive watch and a very expensive mm -hmm. ring. I don't know what else was stolen, but I knew he had a watch because he kept looking at it <laughs> for the time. <laughs> that's all I can remember oh anyway that picture hung on our bulletin board at the office because they passed it around to all realtors to kind of watch out for him and so I don't know whatever happened to him but anyway it makes you think about things wow you know most people's crazy story involves pets not yeah. potential murderers <laughs> so yeah wow <laughs> obviously very glad Hank is okay and hoping the authorities caught whoever they were looking for so that 
other realtors are out of harm's way as well. This next story is another close call from Terry Johnson. Terry Johnson, this is a question that we're asking all, well, not all of them, but a lot of the realtors that come onto the podcast. Yeah. We want to know what is the craziest thing that you have encountered while showing real estate? Oh my gosh, that's so easy. Okay, so you know how scary it is still to this day when it says in the listing, um, day sleeper, alarm code is call first and then go. So I'm going to this property that's kind of on the outskirts of town where I was serving and um, I called first, I left a message, we got there, I told the folks when we got to the door, I said, now it said day sleeper and there's an alarm and they didn't answer, so I'm gonna go ahead and go in first. So I go in and of course it starts going beep, 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 and I find the alarm pad and as I'm disarming the alarm, the police officer in his whitey tidies comes out of the bedroom fully locked and loaded with a gun pointed down the hallway i happen to be a gun girl so like that still scared me of course but i'm like it's okay i'm a realtor i swear i called and he goes i'm so sorry but i'm telling you i didn't get my wits about me all day I, oh I was gosh. right now telling the story. My neck is itching and I'm so hot all over. I was just so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot really imagine that. <laughs> Crazy. There he was. It, just in his undies. It was unbelievable. <laughs> they made the hair on my arm stand up and I'm just listening to it. Like, I can, I, very good visual of that. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Again, very glad Terry is okay and no one was hurt. But unfortunately, this isn't our only gun story. Let's hear from Nate Johnson with his story that has less of a happy ending. Well, you know, the one thing that does jump to mind is um, I had a, uh, you know, we had a property that was for sale and uh, there was some work that needed to be done on the, you know, on the exterior. And um, uh, we sent our contractor out there to do the work and he got shot um, at the property. He was on the ladder and there was like a gunfight going down the street and he got shot in the leg. He was okay, but I mean, he was shot, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm probably not gonna, um, yeah, maybe this isn't the best. Maybe, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. So did you keep the listing after that or did you let it go? Let somebody else, did you refer it out to a brand new agent and let them learn? You know, um, I will say that we were never, never successful in selling it. We stuck with it because yeah. I was like, look, you know, I'm not going out there, <laughs> but I mean, okay. we're going to continue to market the property because, you know, this is another challenge, Bobby, that we've yeah. got in some of our communities is that, you know, quality realtors want to stay away yep. instead of being part of the solution. So right. just because somebody got shot, does that right. mean that I should right. no longer work in that, you know, not, not going over there at night, but right. you know, but yeah, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a tough situation, certainly. Um, and it was a tough property. And like I said, we weren't able to get that. We were not able to get that one sold for the client, uh, yeah. you know, because it was just, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're working our way 
all the way from funny dog stories to not so funny injuries. I have another not at all funny story, but it definitely qualifies as an unforgettable story from this realtor. This next one is from 2021 KCRAR president, Tony Conant. Um, so I, I think I've mentioned before, my, my, I had some background in property management. I worked with my mom's property management company for a while, and we had an apartment that was empty. Um, and we were not aware of anyone living in the apartment or anything like that. Um, but, but it was an apartment that was not in a great area of town. Okay, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. There was... Uh, prone to break-ins and that kind of stuff. Um, so, and, and it was a ground level apartment. Um, so we went over there to do the checkout. It was probably, probably been empty for about a week or two uh, and went over to do the checkout and we're just kind of walking around the outside of the building, checking it out because it was a, a complex. There's several, you know, I guess there's well, that one, what, eight, eight and that one, I think 16 in the other building. So anyway, um, just kind of walking around doing a general, you know, of the outside, everything looks okay out here. No broken, no broken glass or anything. And then we do see a broken window uh, going into the back. We're like, okay, cool. Kind of note that for the deposit, right? Don't really think much of it. Go up, unlock the door, walking in. And then we notice the, the, the terrible odor um, that, that is, is in the apartment. We're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't smell like pet odor. It doesn't smell like, you know, nothing that I can, nothing I can frame. You know, let me put it that way. It's, it's just a terrible odor. Um, and, and walking through the apartment more, we uh, come to find out it seems to be coming from, from this back bedroom uh, where the window was broken. Um, and it, it turns out that someone had broken into there because it was, uh, you know, in like the colder months of the year. Uh, someone had broken into there, obviously not in the best of health and um, perished in that, that back room. Um, and obviously didn't have a large circle of friends or anybody that was like looking for them because they were there for, for a little while. Um, I mean, I'm no you know, I'm not, no corner or anything like that, but it wasn't, um, recent. Uh, so, and I mean, like I say, in, in our mind, we're like, how did this even happen? It had only been empty for a few days. You know, did the gal move out early and then they got in, you know, how, how were they even in there this, this long? Uh, but, but anyway, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but that, that's probably my crazy story in real estate. That was uh, one that I'll never forget for sure. Very, very sad story from Tony. Coincidentally enough, though, Tony is now working with another KCRAR Realtor, Stacy Johnson Cosby, on a plan so that Realtors can help those who don't have a place to live this winter. So if you're listening to this now when the episode is new and you're interested in helping out and doing what you can, um, I'd encourage you to watch the video from Tony and Stacy. I'm going to link that in this episode description. Or if you're listening to this episode in the future, hey, how's the future? <laughs> Just kidding. What I was going to say is there are always ways that you can help the unhoused in Kansas City. Here at KCRAR, we are big fans of Veterans Community Project. So you can start there if you're looking to help. Um, yeah, this next story is from 2021 President Angela Lofton. And thankfully, no one was heard in the story that we know of. I have had a lot of crazy things happen, but it, the one that always kind of comes to my mind that resonates with me that isn't too far out there. Um, one morning, I got a phone call from someone on a listing that I had. And he asked that he wanted to set up a showing. And I said, sure, no problem. It was a little drizzly out that morning. 
he, he said, okay, I want to come tomorrow at this time, da, 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 you know, fast forward to the next day. I'm like, well, I don't know this guy. So at the time, Janice and I were in the same office. She was my broker. I said, hey, I don't know this guy. Um, he scheduled a showing yesterday. Would you be willing to ride out there with me? Just kind of, you know, we'll team up. I don't know what we thought we were going to do about it if somebody tried to get us, but whatever. So I get a phone call. We're literally walking out the office door and I get a phone call from the guy. And he said, hey, I'm coming from Topeka and it's raining really bad today. And so one of my rental properties is flooding. I'm going to have to cancel the showing. Now, mind you, this was like 45 minutes into it, you know, before, or before the showing. I had already notified the seller so that the seller would take their two pit bulls out of the house for this showing. Um, so they were already gone. And I was like, okay, no big deal. So I tried to reach the seller. They weren't, they weren't there, whatever. I think I left her a message on her cell phone. But an hour later, I get a phone call and she said, did you find anything strange about that showing that was set up? And I said, no, like he seemed okay or whatever. Um, she said, well, the police are here and they're going through my house. The SWAT team is outside. And all I could think was, oh my gosh, my sign's in the yard. <laughs> I know that's selfish, but I thought, oh my God, what if it's on the news? What's going to happen? This is really bad. This is bad, bad, bad. So Janice says, get in the car. So we get in the car and we fly over there to the house. Sure enough, the SWAT team, there were all kinds of unmarked cars on the street. Um, and we, I got out of the car and she said, just go over and like, just lay the sign down on the ground. And I said, okay. And I don't, I'm a huge chicken when it comes to stuff like this. So Janice, I know is getting great pleasure out of this. So she's laughing. <laughs> when I step out of the car, this guy in you know, full on suit with a machine gun or whatever is like, ma'am, get back in the car, get back in the car. So they did tell me they would take the sign down because it, it did make the news. Um, the uh, outcome was, yes, that someone that was around wasn't doing the best things and, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever ended up the end result, I won't say, but they ended up, I still sold the house. Everybody encouraged me to drop the listing. Do not sell this house. You need to move on. Um, no, I went on with it and I stuck, stuck it out and we sold the house and signed paperwork with an attorney. and. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So that was probably my craziest. Yeah. My, the SWAT team. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Tony, Tony had a really good one too. Yeah. These you, are like you the two, two best You two have had. two of the best stories. Tony really? found a dead body. Oh, that, oh, that Trump's all right there. No way. I might quit. <laughs> That's, no. Hopefully it was just like in a non-violent way, like natural Non-violent. Yeah, my, I can think of a lot of crazy ones, but that one always comes to my mind first. What made that story so funny to me is that her first thought was, oh no, my sign. And even as we were recording that with her, I was thinking, but what happened? Like, why was SWAT even there? But... This next story is from KAR president, Natalie Moyer. Here it is. Well, okay. So again, 
only, you know, 13 years in this, I have to tell you, I think my craziest story is coming and I will tell you why. So my broker calls me into the office and she's like, Hey, we have this referral out of Kansas city. And, um, are you familiar with angels landing? And I'm going, Oh hell, is this like a trick question? Is it a, a subdivision I've never heard of? Is it new? And I was like, mm. so I'm trying to like angels landing mm, sounds familiar. She goes, well, it was on TV the other night. And I'm like, huh? She goes, yeah, there was this cult in Valley center and the guy told people he was 100 year old angel. And the only way he could live was, you know, obviously if he was having relations with much, much younger underage people. Um, so the house, um, it went to, so anyways, long story short, it's called Angel's Landing. There's like all this made for TV. It was a cult just about 30, 30 minutes north of here. And um, that property sold to auction to a buyer. Those buyers sold it. And then some really sweet couple from Kansas City area transferred down here, thought it was going to be their forever home, put a lot of money into it. And um, they are now having another opportunity to go back to Kansas City with a job they couldn't say no to. So in addition to saying, you know, I work in like relocation, first time buyers, luxury market. Now I'm going to be representing former cult properties. Uh, so I'll be putting that on. So Angel's Landing, if you want to check it out, um, you can Google it. My daughter said, Mom, you don't even need to have like a video tour because there's lots of videos online about it. So yeah, I'm uh, add cult properties to my repertoire. Oh, I hope that they knew that they were buying the... the oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and my they're, God. They're, they're the second owners. But the funny thing was, is my broker was like, it was on TV the other night. I mean, it's been on Dateline, you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. Oh so I think my craziest story is coming because I'm not sure what all that's going to entail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have a follow-up episode with you where we find out how this all played out. I like <laughs> it. Right? Hopefully Done. it's going to sell for, you know, like 10, 15 over list and everybody's going to live happily ever after. You know, that if you have a unique property, I actually just had this conversation with a seller yesterday whose property is located inside a floodplain, but it's on 2.4 acres, just barely outside the city limits. I said, there was ever a time you're going to have a unique property that may have something that people are going to object. Right now is the time to put it on the market because there's no other choices and people need to move and they're going to buy it where if it were a balanced market, we'd be sitting on the market probably six months. Yep. This is, this is on 10 acres and it's probably, you know, we're, we're optimistic. So, so that's my, I think my, my weird story is coming that I've listed a cult property and how do I handle that? How do I handle showings? Are there looky-loos? You know, all that kind of stuff. Who's going to be going in there and making videos and posting them to YouTube? Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And my daughter's like, mom, you got to sage that thing big time. <laughs> Our next story is from Maura Neal. And this one is not a crime story, not a cult story, not an animal story, but just an example of some of the crazy offers buyers are willing to put in in this market. So let's jump in and she'll explain what happened. Okay, I'm going to share my craziest and also most recent uh, because I feel like every realtor could probably write a book with their crazy, but this is just fresh in my mind because of the market that we're in. I just wrote the craziest contract I've ever written. And Bobby knows about this. She's giggling over there. Uh, but obviously seller's market, low inventory. My client um, has viewed dozens of homes with me via video. And I don't even mean video chat. Like I walk through the house and record video and upload it and send it to them. 
uh, to drive. Don't nobody freak out. I'm not putting it on the internet. Um, but offer $630,000 house with a pool, $95,000 over list with no financing contingency. So they're fully approved. Great. No appraisal contingency, no inspections, not even of the pool, which terrifies me because homes here in Georgia have basements and pools leak and pools leak and then flood basements. And also the seller gets to remain in the home for 29 days rent-free and 29 being the magic number because at 30 days you create a tenant relationship, which is problematic. And my clients will gain possession and move in two day, two calendar days before their children start school. And I just, I've written a lot of crazy offers in the last six months. And that is the one that is, it just blows my mind, the market that we're in. And I am ready for balance and harmony to be restored to the real estate market. Yeah. And did they get, did they get it? They did get it. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, mean, I, have to share, I have to share another funny story though, real quick, real super, super quick is that her husband, Ben is also a licensed realtor and on a different property last week, she was writing an offer for her buyers and Ben was writing an offer for his buyers all for the same property. And they were in a competition amongst themselves to see whose offer would get accepted. And obviously they couldn't share anything with each other about the other offers and Mara's got accepted. And I think the piece that you don't know about that story, Bobby, is that Ben had to go out and show property. So the deadline was 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Ben had to go out that afternoon and show property to another client. And so I got a text message saying, hey, babe, I don't know what time I'm going to get back. Could you also write my offer for me? <laughs> I had already written my, so full disclosure, right. I had already written mine. And I said, um, Sure, I can write your offer <laughs> for you. I did write it with his the terms that he sent me. He did review it before he sent it to his client, but I'm going to give myself that pat on the back because my client did win. We knew that she would because she was fully approved and his client uh, has not completely gone through underwriting yet. So we kind of knew right. that I was either going to win or neither one of us was because someone else was going to be better. But yeah, we totally won. And when I say we, I mean me. Yeah, you won. Yep. We were all like Team Mora on that one. I'm guessing Mora's story is one a lot of you can relate to during this crazy market. But one thing in particular that I loved about that story was that we got to hear this noise from Bobby. <laughs> Let's just hear that one more time. Okay, moving on. Our last realtor story is from MR president, Janet Judd. With hers, you think you've gotten to the crazy part of the story and then it just keeps getting wilder. So here it is. For me recently, it was just, I sold a house last year for a hoarder. Mm -hmm. And she, it was like those houses that you see on TV. And, uh, so we, we had mold coming down the laundry room wall. There was a roof leak that she let all that water come in and it ruined the laundry room, ruined the family room wall. All that mold was just there. Uh, the subfloor in the laundry room was 
wretched because of all the water that had been on it. She had a, a gazebo that was falling down in back that they, they were keeping it upright by like post. Just, I mean, it was cattywampus. That's how bad it was. The wood was rotted. So you couldn't allow people out on the deck because they'd die. Inside the house, you could, I heard scratching in the ceiling. And she told me that there was raccoons and mice up there. So I was like, oh gosh, so we've got to have that checked out. We've got to have that looked at. I called the pest people up and they had, there had been raccoons, squirrels, mice. The squirrel's nest was so big, it, they couldn't pull it out of the attic hole. They had to cut it and cut it up with a chainsaw. They had to wear biohazard gear. They declared it a biohazard, that, that attic. Wires had been chewed, poo everywhere. Dead bird had liquidated on the ceiling, on the dry, the stain. I'm going, is that a water stain? And then after the guys did all that, he goes, that was a dead bird. I will not be having lunch after this, just that FYI. <laughs> I'm still not over it, you know? No. Did you say it sold for a quarter? It actually sold for overless price. I advertised it as for not the faint of heart. This is not for HGTV. Uh, and I said, serious talent and vision is needed. And I put dollar signs. And it would have sold for like 250, mm -hmm. 260 if it had been nice. And it sold for like 130. Wow. Amazing. Just, Someone had to go in and gut it. Just gut it. I keep saying to people that when you have a, 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 a unique listing, because we like to call them unique, that point out those unique features because that's going to appeal to someone. Now, don't try to hide it. Don't try to act like it's not there. Just be honest about it. And that's going to pull some people in that were like, oh, let's take on an adventure. So mm -hmm. I love that story. That's Thank what you. It was. it was my nightmare. It was a realtor's nightmare. <laughs> Okay, I may have tricked you a little bit because I do have another one for you. Or as Alex would say, Another one! <laughs> that was my DJ Khaled impression. It, was, it wasn't very good. I wasn't lying before when I said Janet's was our last realtor story because this next one is actually from Perry Kroom and Patty Dower, who are KCRAR and Heartland MLS staff. We didn't ask them for a story because we only ask realtors, but somehow after we'd finished the episode, these stories just came out and they're honestly a treat. A little preface in case you didn't listen to Perry and Patty's episode. In that episode, we found out Perry has an impressive knowledge of pop culture. Britney Spears, Beyonce, J-Lo. The, the episode was real estate trivia. But I threw in some pop culture questions for like hints and bonus points, and Perry was knocking them out left and right. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend. Anyway, here is our final story, Celebrity Encounters from Perry and Patty. <laughs> you can cut out some of that. Other than the parts about Perry hating Britney Spears, I think those yeah, are we need to keep that in. <laughs> of course. I have a picture. I have a picture of me and Britney Spears. Oh. Do you really? 
So the the guy, I was like, this is going back to maybe 2001 or two. She did something. She was on the news. And I told the guy that had Amber's job. um, And I said, wow, something about Brittany. And so then the next morning in my email, my face was superimposed over (laughs) Justin Timberlake's face. And we've got our arms all around each other. Brittany and I, I still have the photograph, actually. I kind of feel like this needs to go with the podcast. I kind of feel there's an opportunity. Yeah, there's a, you can, this way you can, uh, you can defend your character, Perry. Yeah. Uh, The only photo I had was of Fabio, Uh, actual. Of Fabio? Wow. He He was at the San Francisco NAR convention. Um, in the WNR Studios booth, oh. uh, and he was there was a long line of women holding their books, getting ready to sign, and I got to go through the back door because I know the <laughs> co-founders, and I got a picture with Fabio. Awesome! Wow! I got a photo with Marky Mark. That's all I got. I got to touch his abs, though they are amazing. Solid. Except I told him because his brother was supposed to be there, Donnie was supposed to be there, and had to pull out at the last minute because Jenny had something she needed him to do. And so whenever I met him, I was like, hey, it's nice to meet you, but I was really looking forward to meeting your brother. And he goes, people don't really tell me that. <laughs> True. I was a new kids fan. And that's it for this realtor story time. Again, if you have a story you'd like to share, send that on over to realtalk at kcrar.com. And while you're doing super cool things, you might as well do the coolest thing of all the things and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. You'll get extra cool points for that. And (laughs) go ahead and follow or subscribe to the show if you're not already. And yep. See you again in a couple weeks. Um, Bobby and Alex will be back for that one. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) 